Gopher fans, it's Phil Mackey here with a question for you business owners specifically. Have you ever had an insurance claim that left you feeling like you got sacked in the end zone? When something bad happens to the company you built with your blood, sweat, and tears, you don't want to be left sitting on the sidelines waiting to get back in the game. You want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover smoothly so you can get on with running your business. Your local federated representative is ready to create a custom playbook of specialty insurance products and risk management strategies for you. Federated Insurance. It's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. There it is. Snare drum time means Score North Gopher Show time. We'll call this one the Darren Doogie Wolfson Score North Gopher Show edition. What an honor, Ross. Are you sure? I mean, there might be people that normally tune in, that normally subscribe to this podcast saying, what, Ross, what are you doing? We come here for the Brendel. We come here for the Murph takes. What the bleep are you having Doogie in studio for? I'm banking that for as many people that do decide to check out, when you retweet this link later, the masses from all over the world will be introduced to the Score North Gophers show, which, by the way, is available on Apple, Spotify, that free Score North mobile app, and of course at scorenorth.com. Positive reviews welcomed. I like it. And you mean to tell me there's a Score North app? I've never heard of such a thing. You know what? Well, apparently, nah, I know you're joking. I was just going to say, well, apparently <laughs> you never listen to Mackie and Joe with Rami, Score North Live, or you never listen to your own. What would you call that pub of the free Score North mobile Correct. app? Yeah, for what no. we believe it's is... It's Rami's bit. Rami's <laughs> done a good job of running it into the ground. Yeah, Kudos that, to Rami. And that's when you know it's a good bit, right? Just when you think it's run into the ground, you run it in even further. Mm-hmm. Doogie, you are very plugged in at the University of Minnesota. And somebody like me who follows the University of Minnesota, not as plugged in as I would like to be, probably because I just caught doing other things you know phil mackey's got me working hard on other stuff so when i want to get plugged in and i want to get the information i want to get the scoops i find you my man well i appreciate that ross thank you i don't know how plugged in i am i'd like to think that i have some contacts over there although over the years i mean go back any number of years now doing what media in this market for 23 years a lot of people have come and gone like john cunningham but some was a person on basketball he's now the athletic director at cincinnati yeah some some do come back, but yeah, I mean, there's any number of, you know, if we're talking the basketball program, ex-players, I mean, there's so many people when it comes to collegiate athletics that have their fingerprints. We can debate, you know, how deep those fingerprints go, but there are enough people that at least have some working knowledge of what's going on. Yeah, I'd like to think that that I do maintain contact with those folks. I saw at the Richard Pitino presser today, Cunningham's name came up because Richard Pitino's job security, job status came up. Yeah, well, I brought it up with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, you brought it up. So why don't you, for those who haven't heard yet, what were his thoughts today on his job status? Well, it was Andy Grader. I had it written down in my notes. Andy jumped in before I did, but credit to Andy, who does a great job. He's been on this podcast before. Correct. Does a great job covering the Gophers for the for the Pioneer Press. It was Andy who initiated the conversation, and he framed it exactly how I would have framed it, that Patino on his show earlier this week was dismissive of any talk of his future, saying he pretty much, I'm paraphrasing slightly, Ross, but that he doesn't understand the dialogue. Why should there be any chatter about his future? It should be inevitable that he gets an eighth year here. 
All right, so Andy brought that up, his comments on his radio show, and he was asked, hey, like, is that your opinion, or do you have reason to believe, like, a.k.a., has, has Mark Coyle told you, has he affirmed to you that you'll be back next year? And he just said, I believe in what we're doing, and <laughs> left it at that. Then Andy asked a follow-up, and then Patino gave about a 45-second answer talking about it was a year ago that he signed a two-year extension, that he doesn't understand the chatter because he just signed a contract extension. He went with the youth card again, which we can debate. Overall, is the roster young? Yes, when talking about Greenlee and Freeman and Trey Williams and Enan. Yes, is it a young roster? Overall, it is. But the guys that play, those guys have played a lot of high major minutes. Willis and Carr and Kausher and Oturu. And even Demir, when he was at Drexel, played games against UConn and Rutgers. And Demir is a graduate transfer. He's played a lot of basketball the last few years. Michael Hurd, as a sophomore, Ross, started 14 games. He's appeared in 110 games in his Gophers career. He doesn't play a whole lot. Jarvis O'Mercer is starting to get more minutes. I just think the core of the guys that play are not young. You know, plus they had the trip to Italy in the summer. They practiced together all summer. Even Carm Willis practiced with these guys last year. I just don't buy the youth excuse. But Patino talked about that again today. That's been his talking point going back multiple weeks. And, Ross, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that's the talking point that he sold Mark Coyle on. That he sold Coyle on, hey, like what were the expectations for this year? We lose Jordan Murphy. We lose Amir Coffey. We lose Dupree McBrayer. What were the expectations this year? You know, entering this year, you know, I, this being Patino, and this is Patino talking to Coyle, I had led the team to the NCAA tournament two of three years. I won a tournament game, which is unheard of in these parts, right? I mean, two NCAA tournament wins since the 1997 Final Four run. These are things that Patino is selling to Coyle. Now, earlier today, yeah, Patino talked about the youth. He talked about, I just signed a contract extension, and he believes... And what he's doing here. So then I followed up and just said, you know, how much dialogue do you have with Mark Coyle? You know, especially since Johnny Cunningham, who was the point person for basketball, the associate AD that was in charge of basketball, left a few months ago to be the athletic director at Cincinnati. And Patino said, hey, he believes that he talks to Coyle more than most coaches talk to their ADs. He didn't say about what, and he certainly didn't tell us that he's been he's been told that he'll absolutely be back next year, but He just said, hey, Mark and I talk. Now, a lot of it's meaningless dialogue. We talk about the weather, family. It's not just basketball and everything going on with the program. But Patino made it sound like him and Coyle talk way more than most coaches and athletic directors talk. Doogie, I think it's fair, though, and a part of what has to be evaluated here is, let's back up. If you go before game one this year and you said 29 games, they're 13 and 16, I think a lot of us would say, Yeah, I can see that. That's about right. And there probably wouldn't be a ton of pressure on Richard Pitino. Mm -hmm. That's what I would have said, Ross. Okay, but I think you can look at some of my social media posts going back to late October or early November after they lose to Butler and Utah and Oklahoma. I said, I don't see a team that finishes above 500. And me too. My expectation this year, I thought that they would get to the NIT. I guess there's still a chance that they could. But There is. I mean, it's not written in stone that the NIT has to take teams that finish over 500. They just traditionally have. But they could. If they wanted to take the Gophers or Georgetown, they wanted to take one of those two teams. Those are the two to look at. Teams that have 
some good wins, relatively good wins, and strength the schedule. If the NIT wants to do that, they could. But yeah, I don't think most people had big expectations entering this year. But can you still look at how they've gotten to 13 and 16, especially in the last month? And I can say you can look at that and fairly judge for the first time, at least maybe in recent memory, you can walk me to a point, and I think I am there, where if you could come up with the money, I think it's entirely plausible and excusable to say it's maybe time to move on. I brought this up in a recent pod, Doogie. I want to be Doogie, I want to be very cognizant of this. Since 1972, and you've alluded to it, they've made the tournament 14 times. Four are basically stricken from the record books. So you can say 10 to 14. That's not a lot, and Richard Pitino has two of those. He should be given credit for that. So I want to be very cognizant and self-aware of that. However, I also think if we're not to a point at the University of Minnesota where we think we should be going to tournaments maybe four out of every seven years, five out of every seven, then what's the point? At some point, we have to raise the expectation. And I'm not saying that Richard Pitino isn't the guy that can do that, I'm just not sure that he is. Is that fair? That is fair. You're right. I mean, you look at how they've lost a lot of these games at Purdue early January, Ross. They were up by five late in regulation. They blow that lead. They lose in what was it? Overtime or double overtime? That game go I think that went overtimes? to I think that went to double, and that was the start of the alarming trend of not being able to close out games. Yeah, although like they closed out the game in Columbus against Ohio State. They closed out Penn State, a good Penn State team here. Like, to suggest they haven't at all is is wrong. But, yeah, I think the loss at Purdue is easily forgotten when, on top of that, you look at the loss against Iowa. Up by eight, two minutes to go, right? A little over two minutes. You end up losing that game, right? Turnover after turnover. What was it in that game? Turnovers on five of their last six possessions? Yeah, and they didn't score for the final five and a half minutes. Correct. How, how unheard of is that? So you snatch defeat. From the jaws of victory, right? Love that I mean, term. Glenn Mason's legacy in many ways, although Glenn won a lot of games. But like when you think about Glenn Mason's legacy, isn't that what you think of? Being oh, yeah. so big close losses. to so many big yep. wins and finding a way when it was seemingly impossible to lose. That's been the Gophers this year. Yeah, Iowa. Okay, so then the Maryland game, right? Up 16-17 at the half. They were up by eight. Two minutes to go. Maryland hit a three shortly thereafter with like 159 or 158 left. But it was an eight-point game. With two minutes to go, they lost, getting outscored the way they did at home against Indiana down the stretch, right? You know, it was a one-point game on Wednesday in Bloomington against the Hoosiers. But at this point, Ross, does anybody have any faith that the Gophers in a one-point game with nine minutes to go can find a way to win? So you're right. There is something to be said about the how. But that being said... Does that merit then a firing? Now, if you want to look big picture, overall Big Ten record, fine. Who's paying the buyout? $2 million until April 30th. Who's paying the buyout to get a legitimate coach in here? Who's then paying the contract to that legitimate coach? You know, you want to bring somebody of substance in here? You're giving that coach six years, 20 to $25 million. Now, do I think the university, with some of its athletic uh, financial Hiccups right now, for lack of a better way of describing it, is in a position to do that. I don't. To not even, you know, uh, pay the $2 million, right? I mean, I think that would be a big hurdle, let alone the, the other hurdles. Ross, I mean, they're still paying off Athletes Village. 
Yeah, and they're going to be paying that off for quite There's some, some time. There's some non-revenue sports that, once again, now multiple years in a row, have had to cut their budgets. That's not... I, I know a lot of people feel like, because of the Big Ten Network, that the Gophers Athletic Department is swimming in money. That is not the case whatsoever. Like, at some point... This would be an entirely different podcast, but we need to have the conversation about there's too many sports over there. There's sure. way too many non-revenue sports. They need to cut some sports, and I'm not ready to go on the record suggesting exactly what sports I would cut, but I'm just telling you, there are too many sports at the University of Minnesota, but let's keep the conversation, I get it, to basketball. The how, yes, troubling. Very, very troubling. But I'm just saying, you got to remember that they did win some games, right? There were some games, and... Trust me, like when you don't score down the stretch against Iowa, when you make the mistakes you did against Maryland, but it still did take a 30% three-point shooter making a prayer in the Maryland game. You know, how many free throws were missed? Now, Timmy, the comeback to that is like Gabe Kalsher misses two free throws against Maryland. Both were short. Legs, right? Like he doesn't have a bench patino. So these guys get run into the ground during the game. But they not don't having have a, stamina late in the game, the the endurance to to fight through. But not having a bench, I would submit to you seven that's years on the in. Coach. That's entirely on the coach. That's on the coach. And when the coach says that that Amir Coffee leaving was unexpected, give me a break. Laughable. Laughable. Like a lot of us knew Amir was looking to get out. Any opportunity he had, then he went on the run, right? Remember how good Amir was the last six, seven games of last year? Once he had that run. And he was in a position to land a two-way contract. He was out the door. And with Eric Curry's injury history, like, who the heck could have been surprised? It's unfortunate for Eric. He was really good his first year here. I thought he had a really bright future. But what is this now, three injuries? So, like, I don't think anybody could have been like, Eric Curry's hurt? What? I can't believe this. Well, I want to give Richard some credit, too, because we're only a year removed off of an appearance in the round of 32 In the round of 32, maybe if Murphy's not injured, and I know you've brought this up, I've mentioned it too, what if Marcus Carr plays last year? I'm with you. Maybe this team is a Sweet 16 So they don't open up against Louisville. They don't end up going against Michigan State in the round of 32. Absolutely, Ross. Like, if Marcus Carr, and that was BS. That was complete BS. It's classic. He absolutely should have been given a waiver to play immediately. Classic NCAA. It was such a joke. Marcus Carr should have been eligible last year, and yeah, the Gophers would have had a higher seed. They might have made a run to the Sweet 16 last year with Marcus Carr. Who knows? Maybe even further. So sure, does Patino deserve credit for that? He absolutely does. So part of the reason why this year hasn't been, I would say it hasn't been an absolute disaster. In my opinion, at worst, it's been disappointing. But a part of the reason why it hasn't been a disaster or incredibly disappointing is the play of Daniel Oturu. I, I want to have you give you a chance to correct this record because I may have misheard you, but I believe a month or two ago we were talking. We thought it was likely that he would be back next year just because he's, correct me if I'm wrong, he's fairly close to graduating and can do that next year, correct? Is that true? He is far enough along school wise that with some summer school, so if he wanted to come back to school, take some more summer classes this summer, then a full class load, you know, the next. Two semesters thereafter, I guess it would be, what, the fall semester? Sure. Then the spring semester, that, yes, he would be in a position to earn his degree after three years. But guess what? You can always go back to school and get your degree. And is getting his degree a goal one day? It is. Ross, as we sit here today, I would be very surprised if Daniel Oturu doesn't 
go pro. In fact, I was texting with a Western Conference player personnel director on Tuesday, getting ready to hop in with with Mackie, Judd, and Rami on the on the segment they have me on. Or maybe it was Wednesday. Actually, I was in with them Wednesday. I was off on Tuesday. My wife's an election judge, so I had the kids on Tuesday. But on Wednesday, I'm in with those guys. So I was texting with with a buddy of mine who's a Western Conference player personnel director, and I just said, "Hey, thoughts on Oturu?" He texted back. Lottery pick. Now this In fact, I'll show you. You can be the witness okay. to this. Don't say who the name I is. I won't. Now this what this wasn't Gerson who's gonna take him first or second it's overall, not was it? It is not. Here. I'm queuing this up okay. right here. Show right. it to me. I believe Where you. And if that it? and if that's the case, he's as good as gone. What does that's, that say right This is there, me Ross? peeking. <laughs> yep, I can see it. Lottery pick. And I asked yep. him to compare him to Zeke Najee because Zeke's my guy. You know, know Zeke's dad real well. You know, Zeke's in our school district, or was at Hopkins High School. I just said, hey. Yeah, because I think a lot of teams have Zeke higher than Oturu, but this team, this individual has Oturu higher than Zeke. So I can just tell you, too, that the Raptors are doing a lot of background work on Oturu. The Knicks are. I can tell you that the Blazers already have. The Pistons already have. The Spurs already have. Every team's been through at some point, whether on the road or here at Williams Arena. Like the Indiana game on Wednesday, five teams were represented with scouts. The Wisconsin game last weekend, seven teams were represented. The Maryland game here, now Maryland's got Jalen Smith, who's a first-round pick. But the Maryland game, there were 10 NBA teams, actually 11, counting the Wolves, who don't need to you know, submit a, a, a you know, something that to, to get yep. a pass to come in. They, they just, they have a season ticket. So the Wolves were there. 11 NBA teams were at the barn for that Gophers Maryland game. Ross, I can't tell you the last time 11 NBA teams had representatives at Williams Arena for a Gophers game. We might have to go back to when Ohio State came in with Conley Jr. and Greg and Oden. Greg Oden. Seriously. That's a good note. Yeah, well, That's a good I need scoop. to credit my buddy. No, it's it's not a scoop because uh, one of my coaching buddies, uh, he coaches at a, at a smaller school in Wisconsin on the collegiate level. You're too humble. Uh, he sent me that note that, that he recalls back in, I guess that would have been like 07. I think it was 07, right around there, that when the Buckeyes came to town, a ton of NBA teams were present. Otherwise, you go back to Humphreys, right? Like, Oturu is going to get drafted. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm convinced he's going pro. So Oturu is going to get drafted in June. He is going to be, Ross, the first Gophers player drafted, first or second round, since Chris Humphreys in 2004. Yeah. Do you know how pathetic that is? Well, think about— 16 freaking years between draft picks? Think about this, dude. don't count—if somebody, if somebody wants to tweet me or email me, Colton Iverson, no— he went to Colorado State, sat out a year, hit the weight room, then put up good numbers his one year playing for Colorado State, then turned into a second-round pick. He didn't develop into an NBA player in a Gophers uniform. Do not send me his name. Don't do it, okay? Because I guarantee somebody's going to do it, Ross. Don't freaking do it. Colton Iverson doesn't count. To put 2004 in perspective, Doogie, how long have I been riding your coattails and learning from you? Well, it'd be the same amount of time I've ridden, you know, whether it's Chad Hartman or any number of other mentors. So it's longer. You you pay it forward, Ross. But it's been a long freaking time. It's been a long time. Okay, but yeah, but so credit to Patino and the staff for helping develop Otua. Right, like you're talking about, you know, this year being super negative. That is a positive, right? The fact that they've developed their first NBA draft pick in 16 years, even though it's going to be. 
Very, very unfortunate, Ross, when looking at the landscape of next year's roster. I just don't know how you significantly improve by losing Daniel O'Toole. Yes, Carr is back. Yes, Jamal Mashburn Jr. coming in should be able to contribute immediately. Yes, they still have, as of now, one open scholarship. Presuming Oturu goes, they then would have two open scholarships. So could you find the right grad transfer to come in and help right away? Or a JUCO? They're going to have a, a good JUCO player at Sunday's game. Good news, Capago, who played for Damian Johnson in North St. Paul, went to Kansas State. He's now at a JUCO in Mississippi. Him and I were, were swapping DMs the other day. They're going to have a ton of recruits at Sunday's game. So like, could you bring in Capago or some other JUCO that helps right away? Like, So the roster is still... It can improve heading into next year. But looking at who's back right now next year, minus Oturu, next year could be ugly too. Yeah, and and I don't want to make this uh, a rag on Richard Pitino edition of the Score North Gophers show, but to me, doesn't that underscore, to me it, it underscores the point of if you can find the money in my mind, maybe it's time to move on because Doogie, we'll just have this exact same conversation at this time next year. Two tournaments in eight years? Should that be okay? Should that be the expectation? But who's paying the money? I know. I know. Right? I'm just telling you, where I are know. they finding the two million? Well, and as I and told then it's you, it's not just two million. Like Eric Musselman, I'm just telling you this, Ross. It's like five million dollars. Eric Musselman in Arkansas, five, of six course, million? would have interest in the golfer's job. Deep down, he bleeds maroon and gold. His buyout at Arkansas is five million dollars. Okay. You're correct. Okay, then to get Eric Musselman to leave Arkansas after one year, because imagine how ugly that would get down there for him to leave. It would take making him one of the three or four highest paid coaches in the conference. I think there's an understanding. Tom Izzo, king of the mountain, right? Like you're not going to make more than Tom Izzo. Indiana, I'm sure, pays Archie Miller a ton of money. I don't have all the salaries in front of me. But you would have to make whoever you bring in, if you want to be a legit program. Otherwise, you can bring in Nico Medved, or you can bring in Mike Miller, who might be a good coach one day. Mike would love the job, but he's an assistant coach right now. Or you could bring in, you know, you name the mid-major coach. But you might still be in this situation five years from now where you make the tournament once every five or twice every four or five. I'm just saying, if you want to take that next step, I think you need to bring in a big-time coach, and it would cost millions upon millions of dollars. And I'm telling you, Ross, unless some booster or some corporation steps up and cuts the check, I'm not aware of that money existing. So percentage. Give me a percentage that Richard Pitino's back next year. 75. Okay. 75%. I'll leave myself some out. I mean, sports yeah. is fluid. Oh, and you never know. Like Cheryl Reeve, the day of the Rebecca Brunson press conference when they announced her as an assistant coach, told our good buddy Chris Long, we have this on camera on Channel 5, and it's not a knock at Cheryl. We asked her, Simone Augustus, what's what's going on there? Cheryl, just about verbatim, nothing to worry about, she'll be back. It was six days later, she lands in Los Angeles. Sports is fluid. Like, Cheryl wasn't lying to us. At that moment, Cheryl was led to believe that Simone would be back. Then all of a sudden, things change. So as we sit here today, I'll leave myself some wiggle room because I understand the fluidity of sports, but I'm just telling you, Ross, I have zero evidence to suggest that Patino gets let go, and I have reasons. I'm not going to go into detail right now, but I just I have reasons to believe things that have been talked about with the makeup of next year's roster, next year's team, some behind-the-scenes conversations with administration. I'm just telling you, I have reasons to believe that Patino will be back. 
Let's do this, Doogie. Just a few minutes left, so let's do some quick hitters. A ton of recruits at the game on Sunday against Nebraska. What can you tell us about who's in attendance and a realistic shot that the Gophers have to land? Boy, it's a who's who of it's a who's who of recruits at the game on Sunday. Yeah, there's a ton of guys. Now they haven't offered all these guys. Like guys they've offered that will be there. Chet Holmgren of Minnehaha Academy, one of the top five players in the country in the class of 2021. His dad, David, is a former gopher. Legacy family. His dad, David, was a backup big man many, many years ago. So you would think that would help the gopher's chances, right? Dad played for the gophers. If I had to bet, Chet Holmgren will not be a gopher. Trey Holloman, stud sophomore point guard, Creighton Durham Hall High School. His mom, Crystal, played for the gophers way back in the day. USA Basketball, he's already got a Michigan State offer. Like, he's big time. One of the best point guards in the country in the class of 2022. Guess what, Ross? I think the Gophers have a legitimate chance to land him. So there you go. But there's other guys. Like, Prince Alegbe has a Gophers offer. He'll be there from Minnehaha Academy. He's a rising sophomore. Uh, The Wilson kid from Minneapolis North is a really good player. You know, should the Gophers offer him? Maybe, but they haven't yet. The Carrington kid from Park Center. You know, should the Gophers offer him? Maybe, but they haven't yet. Missouri just offered him the other day. So, I mean, it's it's an endless list. Good news, Capego, this Juco kid who played for Damian Johnson in North St. Paul, he'll be in attendance. Technically, so far, the Gophers haven't offered him. Now, they may offer him Sunday night or Monday morning, but right now as we talk on, on what is today, Friday afternoon, the 6th of March, Ross, they, they have not extended him an offer. So, there's going to be, there's a kid from South St. Paul coming. I got a, I got a list. I'm waiting to hear from Kerwin Walton of Hopkins be there like that's the number one gophers recruiting priority right now for next year the immediacy of next year they'd love to land Curran walton he hasn't texted me back but there are going to be a ton of recruits at sunday's game whether Kerwin's there or not saturday april 4th is the annual gopher football spring game we hope there's been issues the last few years getting that thing to go off how they would like it to be what can we expect to see in the game, what are you looking to see out of the rest of spring practice and the spring game? Obviously, I, I think we know, despite what you may or may not hear from people, it's going to be Tanner Morgan. I think everybody knows that. But what what else are we looking to see? For for my money, it's I kind of want to see how the defense comes together. That's where they lost the most. But just the continued development of the offense is intriguing, too. I'm with you. I mean, the team as a whole is intriguing. In fact, as soon as I leave this studio, I'm on my way to spring practice. So I'm I'm incredibly intrigued. I'll tell you this much. I would not sleep on Zach Anikstead. Yes. Tanner Morgan is like top 10 on some betting boards for the Heisman Trophy. So, of course, he needs to start the first game, right? But I'm just telling you, heading into summer practice last year, you know, training camp, I'm just telling you, Zach Anikstead was the favorite, even though Morgan finished the previous year strong. I'm just telling you, Ross, Zach Anikstead was the favorite. He runs better. He throws a better ball. He throws a deeper ball. He throws a faster ball. There's a lot to like about Zach Anikstead. I know that P.J. Fleck really likes Zach Anikstead, but yeah, sure. I mean, you need to hand the keys to Tanner Morgan based on what he did last year. That was a historically good year. That was one of the best years a Gophers quarterback has ever had. So, of course, Tanner Morgan has exceeded all expectations. He was a P.J. Fleck recruit at Western Michigan. P.J. brilliantly convinces him to come here without even visiting. Tanner's run with the opportunity. I hope Tanner Morgan 
can get an NFL opportunity. That's how big a fan I am of Tanner. I'm just telling you, Ross, do not sleep on what the Gophers think of Zach Anikstead. New Year's Day 2020, Gophers beat Auburn in the Outback Bowl. Wisconsin suffers another gut punch in a Rose Bowl. The greatest day in Gopher football history since their last national championship and the Dwight D. Eisenhower administration. No way you're taking the keys to the car away from Tanner No, Morgan. I mean, when you beat, you know, I mean, we hear about blue bloods in basketball. I would argue Auburn is a blue blood in football. When you beat a program like that with the NFL talent they have in a New Year's Day bowl game, yes, I mean, Ross... You know, before Jerry Kill led them to the Citrus Bowl, you know, the loss to Missouri, they ain't even played in a New Year's Day bowl game for, what, 50 years, give or take. So, yeah, then to return to a New Year's Day bowl game and win, you know, and spring the upset and beat a blue blood, yeah, it was one of the best days in Gophers football, you know, recent history at least. I mean, I can't sit here and, and you know, talk about 1961 or anything like that. But, yeah, you know, in my lifetime – Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm with you. I mean, defense, right? I mean, you know, with Winfield gone and Barber gone and all these guys, even, you know, Winston on the defensive line and Sam Renner. I was with Sam Renner a couple weeks ago. He's going to be on my on my next scoop podcast. Uh, you know, replacing Sam won't be easy. I thought Sam Renner of Maple Grove had a really good year last year. You know, then you think about Kamal Martin and Carter Coughlin. So yeah, I'm curious to see how how they end up replacing those guys. But the offensive line is back. You know, Ibrahim is back. You know, Wiley, I think, has a bright future at the running back position. Ottman Bell. You know, you got Rashad Bateman, who I think is a first-round pick next year. I mean, there's so much. Like, I think Span Ford is going to take a step up. Like, I think the tight end is going to be more involved this year. So I'm going to keep an eye on that now with with Sanford calling the plays. So I think that's interesting. I think Span Ford almost has to because – the, the whole P.J. Fleck regime, and, and I guess so far with P.J. Fleck, that's one thing I thought we'd see more of and we just haven't, and I think that's mainly been a product of they haven't had the horses to do yeah, that. Yeah, I think Paulson's got, got some game to him too, but yeah, I think we're going to see the tight end more involved. The other thing I'm curious on, Ross, is like I ran into somebody that knows J.D. Spielman really well the other day, and this person just said, hey, those of us who know J.D. can't help but wonder, after he's sitting out at Nebraska, does he land here? Does he fit the culture? Now, there was a report from, I don't know if it was 24-7 in Nebraska or Rivals, but that J.D. is not a graduate transfer, that he still has some schoolwork to finish. You know, But could he get a waiver to play immediately? I mean, remember the, the quarterback at Ohio State last year? How the heck did he get a waiver to play immediately coming from Georgia? Right, so guys can get waivers to play immediately. The Gophers, in many ways, are now a national program. With the NCAA do the Gophers a favor if Spielman wanted to be here, Spielman could could slide into that slot receiver role. Just something to think about. I mean, that's something I'm thinking about. This Jabril Cox linebacker, this North Dakota State transfer. The Gophers have interest. Guess what, though? Like every program in the country, he's visiting LSU. He was on the ESPN radio station in Baton Rouge the other day saying he's set to visit LSU. Like, best of luck beating out LSU for this kid. But this graduate transfer from North Dakota State, Ross, is no joke. Jabril Cox, I'm telling you, he is an NFL player. Doogie, I know you have to fly, but can you give me 30 quick seconds on the Gopher women's basketball team? Their season came to an end, falling to Ohio State. What was it, yesterday? They finish overall, I think, 16-15 and 15 was their record. This is now two years in. 
with Lindsey Whalen. We had the Destiny Pitts situation earlier this year, which I still know nothing about. Maybe you know a little bit more than I do. Overall, your thoughts two years in. I feel like this has been... I didn't think this was going to be an easy transition for her. I get the sense this has been harder than I think maybe she and the university thought it was going to be. I think that's fair, but I think she's in it for the long haul. Now, I got some questions the other day. I guess City Pages ran a story about Lindsay Whalen's house being on the market. Turns out her husband is is an accomplished local golfer. They actually just bought a house on a golf course. So there's nothing to worry about with Lindsay Whalen's current house being on the market, but uh, City Pages wrote something. Somebody sent me an email, so I'll get that out there. I think I have that on my on my Scoop podcast that airs on Score North starting at 6 o'clock tonight, and then it's podcastable, episode 286. But, yeah, I think, I think it's been tougher than she thought, but I'll tell you this much, and the girl's name is escaping me, but this transfer from Syracuse, who was a big-time recruit, McDonald's All-American, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. McDonald's All-American, Gosh darn, her name is escaping me, Ross, and I wish I could multitask, but I don't have Wi-Fi on my phone right now, and I'm up against it d- data-wise. So if you want to try to find her name, as, I'm looking as I up at you. To, stretch, to I'll find it here. But yeah, this girl, and I was over talking to Lindsay about a week, two weeks ago, and Ken Youngblood, who's there every day, just brought her up to me, saying, "Hey, you know, look at that girl. Just shoot it. That girl's going to have a big time impact next year." And I'd completely forgotten about her until Kent brought her name up to me. And I'm like, yeah, that girl is going to be really good next year. You know, then you think about, you know, the, the freshman that's that's come on this year. I mix up the Jasmines, Powell and Brunson. But, you know, the freshman that that <clears throat> will be a sophomore next year and, and Sarah Scalia from, from Stillwater has a chance to be pretty good. Yeah, I don't know how to say that name. But <laughs> that's why I yeah, passed you yeah, my phone. K-A-D-I-A-T-O-U is the first name. Last name is S-I-S-S-O-K-O. So she's a transfer from Syracuse. Big time land. I don't have intimate knowledge, Ross. I know I should because you prepped me. You said, hey, I'm going to ask you about Whalen. So you would have thought I would have done my homework. I haven't done all my homework. I don't have intimate knowledge of the recruiting class coming in. I just know based on some of the girls that will be back and the eligibility of of the Syracuse transfer that, that I imagine they are going to be better next year. I get it. This was a bad year. So the bar to be better next year. It's not like it's raised incredibly high, but I would imagine that next year is a better year than this year. Dude, and it's still just, higher I would have made, right? You're trying to create some buzz. Like, if you hired the South Dakota State coach, like, what the heck would that have accomplished? Marlene left. She got paid. Good for her down in Lubbock. You know, good for Marlene. You know, but Marlene leaves, you know, and a lot of these girls are Marlene recruits. Marlene didn't coach defense, and I'm not even mad at Marlene about that. You know why? Because Marlene was told by Norwood, find a way to get some people in the seats. Play an exciting brand of basketball. Marlene never coached defense. So Lindsay comes in and Lindsay's like, what the heck? These girls don't want to play defense. So it just it takes some time. It's still a hire I would have made. And I sense that that she's all in. So yeah, I think I think brighter times are ahead. Doogie, I have kept you way too long. You get out of here. You go enjoy a little spring practice. Will you be at the spring game on the 4th? That's the hope. Yeah, I know okay. the two boys in the in the household want to go. So, yeah, that is the plan. If, if the weather cooperates and we don't have any other plans, I haven't looked at my calendar. I do know it's spring break week for, for the Hopkins School District that week. So with the coronavirus scare, we're, we're not hopping on an airplane, but we're driving somewhere. And it's a little open-ended as to when we'll come back into town. 
but we may be strategic about that, come back to town that Saturday morning or that Friday night so we can go to the spring game. So the hope is I'll be there, but to be determined. My tailgate will begin at 8 a.m. I Beautiful. Would be, I would be honored if you would come on if over. If we're in town, we're there. And yep. I could pass you an adult pop or an actual diet coke. Absolutely. All right, get yes. out of okay. here. I'll, wrap, I'll wrap this up. You go cover... Uh, cover practice. Darren Toogie Wolfson of Channel 5, of course, the Scoop podcast here on Score North, fill-in host on Score North, at D. Wolfson KSTP on the Twitter machine. Very appreciative of his time. I was so excited to talk to Doogie. I'm not even sure if I even told you who I am. I know Doogie mentioned it. I would be Ross Brendel, cheap Twitter plug, at Brendel Ross on the Twitter machine. And again, thank you so much to uh, Darren Doogie Wolfson, and good luck to uh, Team Motsko, the pride on ice this weekend, taking on Notre Dame in a best-of-three series in the opening round of the Big Ten tournament. The winner moves on. The loser, their season is done. The Gophers still with small hopes at getting to the NCAA tournament. At this point, they're probably going to have to win that Big Ten tournament. That starts this weekend by hopefully winning the series against Notre Dame at Mariucci Arena. Tickets, of course, are available, so head on down to Mariucci this weekend and take in a little college puck if that is your thing. Again, how can you help the Score North Gophers show? Give us a favorable review if you wouldn't mind doing so. Apple, Spotify, and thanks for listening on scorenorth.com or the free Score North mobile app. Thanks for listening. I'm Ross Brendel. We will talk again soon, and please tell a friend.